Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz Podcast. Today, I had an amazing conversation with a client in our program named Betsy. And Betsy and I really had a a long conversation, but it was so meaningful for me. And Betsy talked about going way back, because she grew up in the 70s, to she was actually brought to Weight Watchers when she was eight years old. Her mom was going, but her mom brought her and sort of intended for her to be there and listen. And so just we talked a lot about those childhood messages around body image and how that affects us as we become women and, and adults and living our lives and judging ourselves and Betsy's big uh, lesson that she shared with us is that she realized that she had to do that inner work, that there was no, wasn't about the diet, it was about doing that inner work. And we talked about all kinds of things. She does kickboxing now and her daughters and, you know, feeling pride that she was able to help her daughters have a healthy relationship with their bodies and some of her struggles with losing weight and gaining it and those different programs and some really amazing, insightful lessons that she shares that I think will be very inspiring for you. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Betsy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jill. Thanks for having me. So Mm -hmm. I just want to start off by asking you if you would like to share something, a lesson that you've learned that's been meaningful for you for your health. The biggest lesson, I think, is to work on my inside issues helps the most with dealing with my physical health, physical and mental health, really. So counseling and inner work has been more important in the journey than any weight loss or health system I've tried, if that makes sense, you know, so. Absolutely. And so have you tried different things that didn't address the internal thoughts and emotions? Yes. And I grew up in an environment where the internal was not only like denied in terms of its effect on you, but also discouraged. So my growing up, what I always heard was, oh, if you lose weight, you will feel so much better about yourself. But that's never how it ever felt. (laughs) And when I started into counseling and starting to deal with issues I needed to deal with in terms of psychological and and physical and mind-body connection and all that, I lost like 30 pounds without doing anything, you know, consciously, yeah. you know, not going on a plan or anything. And, and my sister and my mom were at my house and my husband said, oh, that's how she lost 30 pounds or something like that. She mentioned the weight loss and they're like, oh, how did you do it? And I was like, by dealing with the issues I needed to deal with. And they were just very confused by that. They didn't understand. They, they wanted me to say Weight Watchers or, or Diatrim or whatever we had tried, you know, previously. It was very much, you avoided the internal work at all costs. Mm. And so when I got to a point where I realized I needed inner work, which is unusual for like a 12-year-old to tell, you know, My mom saw me having issues, having trouble in school and whatnot. And she said, do you want to talk to somebody? 
I said, yes, please. Mm. Now, mm. now, please. You know, <laughs> so it's very well. I knew that she couldn't help. And so I needed somebody to help. That worked well. She tried that with my middle sister and it didn't go so well. She thought, oh, it went so well with Betsy. I'll, I'll suggest it to my sister. And um, she exploded. You think I'm crazy? You know, and ran, you know, they got into a big yelling fight and she ran off and took the car and drove away for a while. So it was very different. You know, I, I was the anomaly, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, I felt like Marilyn Munster. I don't know if you ever watched that show, The Munsters, you know, oh. Marilyn was the cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was normal, you know, and, and everybody else said, oh, she's so ugly. She's so this, you know, just like she was the one. That was like always felt out of place, even though she was a normal one, you know. So <laughs> I love that. That is so funny, Betsy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but then so I was going to the counselor for a while until the counselor suggested that we have a family session with my mom and my sister. And I just realized recently that that was the last time I went to that counselor mm-hmm. because my mom refused to look inside, mm. you know, and, and that was part of, I don't blame her for that or anything. I'm not saying that it was just, it was too hard for her to dig into that. So once the counselor suggested, like, you need to do this as a, a group, a family, and she couldn't do that, then that was the last session I had with that counselor. Wow. Um, because then I couldn't go back, you know, so, and I was able to get my own as I grew older, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's interesting to grow up in a situation where I am very analytical, just in personality. And I was always the kid in like Sunday school who asked the questions that nobody had the answers to. <laughs> they were all like, you know, and like, here, color this picture of Jesus and just close your mouth. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're like, but, so but. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, and I, and I had that in weight loss programs too. I tried, you know, there's a whole nother piece of body dysmorphia that comes into play. I grew up in the seventies yeah. and I had two older sisters, you know, 12 and nine years older than me who were always worried about weight loss. And my mom was very concerned about it to the point of, to the point of eating disorder, I believe. Um, but not as severe as some I've met, but still. And so when I was eight, my mom would take me to Weight Watcher meetings with oh her. Oh my gosh. I, I wasn't supposed to like join with her, but I was there to learn. And, you know, back then people didn't realize that when you're eight years old, that's when your body starts to plump out right? to get ready for pre-puberty. Yes. <laughs> but they didn't know that. They just saw me getting fat. And that's their terms, you know. I, so when I was eight, I started to record my weight. Mm. Like I weighed this much. You know, I haven't actually, I have a note from when I was eight years old with the date and my weight and then the weight change. And um, unbeknownst to me, I found out when I was around 18 years old, my sisters thought it was funny to go and change the zeroing on the scale. Oh, wow. Every day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I would, they thought that was really funny. So I would go in and weigh myself and I would be 10 pounds up or five pounds. I mean, it was like drastic mm-hmm. too. It wasn't just like, 
And I didn't know, I was eight years old. I didn't know that this, the scale had a zeroing function, you know? So hence the body, I was supposed to be worried about what my body looked like and weighed and everything, but I had no concept or no real good perception of how to judge that, Mm -hmm. you know? But it was based on external factors, not internally how you feel. Exactly. Exactly. Like even just strength or energy, you know, like (laughs) the basic indicators of health. (laughs) Right. And even just like trusting your body to know what it needs at at a given time, even just like with, like I would say, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to go take a nap. You're not tired. You're just bored. Go do something, Mm. you know, you know, so even that was questioned. So then I never gained a good sense of what my body wanted in terms of what I actually needed and what I thought was right to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, that micromanaging kind of helped me, whatever, developed in me a sense of like secret eating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I, I just, there was, you know, certain moments stick with you more than others. And one time I was getting some grapes out of the refrigerator and my mom came by and said, you know how those have 12 calories a piece. And I'm like, but they're grapes. Like, I'm not eating a candy bar. You know, I was trying to make a, a good choice. Yeah. And even that was suspect. So, gosh. So there's a lot that goes, <laughs> that was what you said, 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm not sure. I can do this <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We have, we can talk as long as we want. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, and it's, as you're talking, I'm thinking, because I was born in 1970. So, I, you know, I grew up during that time. My mom yeah. turned into a little bit of a health nut when I was about five years old. Not a health nut, but she mm-hmm. started to really pay attention to food and nutrition and stuff. And that was actually very unusual And during that time. But my upbringing was more around like, oh, you know, meat is bad and dairy right. is bad and, and you should eat whole wheat and make carrot juice and stuff. So... I'm very appreciative that it was very, very health oriented. There was, I never, I had no consciousness of my physical body being in any way bad or good until, you know, much later in life. But from speaking to so many people, I've learned that really the 70s and the, and I think even more so the 80s was like just a disaster zone with all of this stuff. And I guess, you know, like your mom was not trying to hurt you. She she really had the intention of wanting for you to be happy. And that's what she equated with happiness. And yeah. like you said, the, the medical information, the, the biological information is <laughs> so much better now. So we can, we can yeah. look back and say, well, what was wrong with those people? But that was what it was like at that time. And that's what it was. Yeah, there's no sense in trying to yeah, trying to blame or, yeah. or anything like that, because that's just, and, and, and to my mom's credit, she had decided very early on that she was going to be a better mother than her mother was, mm-hmm. you know, so she did really well at that. I mean, she was a di- very different mother than her. Actually, her mother just didn't mother her at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like in, in response, so you can't work on everything in a lifetime. I mean, there's yeah. just some things that are going to fall through the pieces, but she had four younger brothers, my mother did, and basically had to take care of them from the time she was eight. Because mm-hmm. my my grandmother was either working, she was a nurse as a profession. She 
She was an interesting woman. She's a nurse. She also did, she was a private detective for a little bit. She would chaperone water ski shows in Chicago. They lived in Michigan, but she would go away for the whole summer chaperoning these water ski shows. You know, that was really popular back then in the 60s, you know, those, the pyramids and everything. And the whole summer she would leave and leave my mom with these three boys then. And the youngest one came along a little later. And my mom would say, mom, why can't you stay? Like, why, why can't you stay with us? You know? And and my, my grandmother's response was, I was, well, you turned out okay. Mm. You know, I mean, that was, you know, so it was, and again, that was a very different time as well. So uh, I don't blame my mother. I did go through a, a portion of time where I had to hate her. Yeah. I know that sounds awful, but I really had to let that hate in so I could let it go. Yeah. And I tell my kids that all the time when they were growing up, they would say, I hate you. I'm like, good. You're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I would be worried if you didn't hate me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they would get so mad because it wouldn't react like, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're supposed to hate me sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> Now, so I want to just bring up this uh, touch upon what you're talking about, about, you know, hating your mother. I've found that, you know, I explore a lot about emotional exploration, (laughs) to use the word explore twice. So what I've come to realize for myself and also working with clients is that we, we are taught to suppress our emotions. So we know that hating our mother, even your children know somewhere when they say it, they feel bad. We know that we're not supposed to hate our mothers or be angry about Mm -hmm. it. But I have found in that's been very helpful for me and also just with working with clients to say, get angry, like allow yourself to be pissed off about these situations, these things that have occurred to you, because just being like, oh, well, my, you know, my mom, she didn't know better and I That's forgive her. You're kind of yeah, yeah. missing a, a, a big chunk of a step there, which is to feel those yeah. feelings. Mm-hmm. Have you, have right. you, I don't know if this is too deep, but, you know, have you employed that in other areas, like in your journey with your health? Yes, very much so. It was actually just recently I had a kind of epiphany about my body image and because when I picture myself in my head it's kind of like blurry I don't have a clear picture of what I look like and so then when I see a picture of myself or I look at pictures from the past I see myself but I don't Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I started kickboxing recently in February and it's been really fun yeah I said I wanted a little less namaste and a little more make my day (laughs) (laughs) I love it you're so funny I need to make a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt and so sometimes in the studio they take pictures of people as we work out you know just to post on Facebook you know and and they took a picture of me and it was so horrible the first time I saw it I was like, oh my God, I look so bad, you know, like, and I, I sent it to my kids and my husband and said, oh, look how fierce I am. But inside I was, I kept saying to myself, God, you look horrible. How? Mm. 
it's like the um, the movie Spaceballs when the guy transports to another room and his his head is on the wrong side, uh-huh. and he, so he's backwards and he looks down. And he's like, "Why didn't anybody tell me my butt was so big?" It's kind of loud. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I didn't. But then I was like, "Okay, I need to reframe that." You know that that initial just rush of all that old programming came in. And then finally I was like, well, hold on, you know, you need to look at this a different way in terms of the people that I admire most are the people that I don't know. And actually it's getting better because they have commercials now. Like I think it's a Gatorade commercial where there's a woman, a large woman doing yoga Mm -hmm. and she's very large and you wouldn't think that she could do those things with her body. And, and then like people like Lizzo mm-hmm. who can move and just, just are so comfortable on their skin, you know, and I just admire those women so yeah. much. And I'm thinking, why don't I say instead of, oh, how horrible you look, look at your large women doing kickboxing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you can move your bodies in a way, in a body, in a way that, you know, not everybody can do, you yes. know, that's 325 pounds you're throwing around. You know, give yourself some credit. Yeah. But it, it was difficult to to turn that script. I don't think I had ever done that before. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Before it was just like, oh, my God, you know, because I have relatives, you know, cousins. Don't take my picture. Don't take my, like, they don't ever want to see who they mm-hmm. are. You know, they don't ever want to. And, and then that was really shook me up a great yeah. deal. Well, I just have watched, Lizzo actually has a show, a TV show, a reality show where she, is, I forget its name, like Lizzo's Big Girls or something or Power Girls or whatever it is. And I actually watched multiple episodes of it. So she's recruiting backup dancers for her tours. And these women Mm -hmm. are, they're all bigger, you know, I mean, they're varying sizes, but they're all bigger women. And that was, that's a requirement, right? (laughs) And also being, you know, athletic, being a really good dancer and being unique and creative and all of that stuff and the personality and the toughness and all of that stuff. And I watched that show and I said, my gosh, you know, like our country, our society is so, if I can curse here, fucked up with the way, <laughs> the way that we view, we equate being overweight with being unhealthy. And that's actually yeah. wrong. What we need to be focusing on is how active are you? And these women are right. highly athletic, and I they can I can guarantee you they can run circles around me. I'm and I'm pretty right. athletic, but they're professional right. dancers, yeah. you know. So I loved and appreciated that show. Like the message that she was sending was, you know, just because you're overweight or you have obesity doesn't mean that you can't move, that you can't be healthy and strong and powerful. Right. And I. I love that. So thank you for bringing that up. This goes into like a whole deeper thing, but the way that we've been approaching obesity and overweight from a medical and health perspective in this country has been wrong and it continues to be wrong. Oh, yeah. It's very judgmental. It's like a personality flaw, which it's not, obviously. Yeah. So we need to change that conversation. And I, I get riled up about this. <laughs> I do too, too, because, you know, I did join a weight loss program. It was um, medical weight loss Mm -hmm. because my primary care doctor even was like, you need to get bariatric surgery. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. That's your solution? But I did join. It was like the diet program where they had the prepared meals and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
was HMR was the name then. But anyway, I lost a hundred pounds within a year. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was because I knew that program wasn't the best program to be on. And I knew, like I asked them from the day one, I said, is there soy in this product? Mm. Because I'm sensitive to soy products. You know, they make me sad. <laughs> I've proved that over and over mm-hmm. again. And I have estrogen dominance and all kinds of other issues with that. So I want to avoid soy. And oh, no, 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 no. There's not that much soy in this. Every single product, that was the first ingredient. Oh, gosh. And if it wasn't the first ingredient, it was the first ingredient in the supplement that came with the meal. So, so I knew going in that it wasn't the right way, but I needed to do Mm -hmm. it if only to to tell myself to, to negate the the script that I'd heard my whole life of, if you lose the weight, you'll feel so much better. Mm. Because when I lost a hundred pounds, I felt the same as I had. Yeah, I was going to the meetings. Yeah, we were, oh, yay, 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 you know. But I didn't feel it like I was a different person. I didn't feel any better about myself. I still didn't look at the mirror and say, oh, look at how beautiful you are. So it was kind of like uh, trying to prove that theory, saying, look, I can lose this weight, but that's not going to change fundamentally who I am, you know, or the issues that I have to deal with. Plus, I didn't realize then that, They were very adamant in saying that losing weight that fast isn't going to cause any health problems. Well, it screwed up my gallbladder. And for two years, I didn't know what was happening because I didn't have gall stones. I had like a sandy sludge in there Mm -hmm. and it didn't show up on scans. So they didn't know what was wrong with me for two and a half years. There was my gallbladder that had been... You know, so like I use myself as a science experiment almost, you know, which is not probably the best thing to do. But at least and I knew that that script was false, that that script that I told her my entire life was a false narrative. Wow. But, the you know, the people's reactions were really interesting when I lost that weight. People would say, oh, thank goodness. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you proud? Like. I mean, I understand why you're saying that, but it was just, it just hit me different. Yeah. It was like, you're proud because I, on the surface, look different. Yeah. Again, equating appearance with who you are. (laughs) Yeah. And then like after I did, you know, gain weight after that, of course, because that's what happens when you go on a program that you're not dealing with the issues you need to deal with, you're going to gain the weight back because you're not doing it in a way that's what you really need internally. Mm -hmm. And then so people then would say, oh, what a shame. Oh, it's such a shame. You know, all that work wasted. You know, <laughs> this is like, no. But people, like you said, in this country especially, are so focused on appearances yeah. and what's there externally. Yeah. You know, I probably dig deeper into it than a lot of people want to, mm-hmm. you know, especially my family. But yeah, and I know... I tried really, really hard because I think part of being a parent, I have two girls, they're 23 and 25. Mm. And I think part of being a parent is not passing on those scripts to your children. And so I tried really hard, even though I was overweight, morbidly obese, according to all my doctors and all the charts, Mm -hmm. which I just hate that term. I know. (laughs) I never, ever forced them to eat any way. You don't have to finish your plate. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it, but you have to try it, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, trying to do, trying to change the script yeah. and just 
loving their bodies for who that you know what they are and who they are and my (laughs) sounds so funny but like my proudest moment about my kids I'm proud of my kids for a lot of reasons like they both went to college they both graduated they're both doing great that's great like you know but that's what you're supposed to do in Mm -hmm. life like that's 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 the strips that you know like oh boom 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 Mm -hmm. you know but that didn't change anything about how I from what I was raised with Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. (laughs) My proudest moment was when my younger daughter said she moved into a new apartment and she couldn't find her shower curtain. And she said, so I'm just not showering with, uh, or so I'm showering, but not without the curtain. She said, but it's okay. Because I can see myself in the mirror when I shower and admire my body. That's so sweet. I didn't pass it on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was when I knew I was, you know, I had done an okay. I'm, I'm sure I passed on other things that, you know, whatever. I, but at least that part, my younger one's much more athletic and much more the the popular way to look. She's very athletic and lean. And my other daughter uh, more, tends to be more like me. But even her, she has no body image issues She's never had issues with getting relationships mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, just very different yeah. than how I was raised. So I was very proud It's of so, her. it's like so important because it's such a big thing for you in your life, right? And, and to be able to say that, you know, you did the best you could and you set them up for, I mean, the, the world is all around us, right? They have Instagram, they have TikTok, they're, <laughs> they're influenced by those things too, but you did what you you know, what you could to set them up to, right. to have a healthy body, you know, relationship with their bodies. And yeah, I tell you what, my, my family was angry about it too. They wanted me to push them off their pedestals so often. Oh, no. and, and it made me so angry. So my daughter, my youngest daughter lives in Denver and she went to Denver Fashion Week. And, you know, on TikTok and everything now, they have those like it's like the dance contest, mm-hmm. not a contest, but like you imitate the dances, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and put, do a video. Well, they're all like very sexual yes. and very, you know, I know part of my, I've had discussions with my daughters about this, but I never shame them for that because I am so proud that they are loving their body. Plus people are afraid for their safety. I'm like, no, you know what? You're just as likely to get raped when you have sweatpants and a t-shirt on. Right. As you are, if you have a short skirt on, they're just going to use that mm-hmm. as an excuse not to to say it's your fault. Yeah, they need to put the responsibility off of the women and and onto the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I knew that I, I was listening to a story on NPR a long time ago, and they were talking to two men in the Middle East about women. I forget what country it was, but the first man they talked to was a cab driver, and he's like, "I don't understand what the big deal is." Why shouldn't they wear what they want to wear? I don't think it's a men's problem. You know, like he was very cool about it. And then the next guy they talked to was saying it's just morally wrong to wear anything that. And and then he he started like it was on the radio. So you didn't see any of this. But he's like, look at that. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? He's like, see that woman, her burqa, the wind moved the burqa up against her leg. And you could see the curve of her calf, you know even though it was still covered with fabric, you could see the curve of her leg. That is shameful. That is disgraceful. So 
she was wearing a burqa. Mm. And he thought that. Yeah. It was the best example of the fact that that argument is completely false. The argument that it was what you wore or how you acted, you know. Yeah. Technically, we should be able to walk down the street naked and not be assaulted. Right. You know? right, right. Well, we know that sexual assault is an act of violence and hatred. It's not a sexual act per se. It, it manifests that way. So, wow. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so it's it's just interesting that people. But my what I was going to say was my daughter posted pictures on Instagram of her at Fashion Week. Oh my God, they were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not to brag, but her and her friends were just amazingly beautiful. And my sister called me and said, did you see those pictures Renee posted on Instagram of Denver Fashion Week? I'm like, yeah, wasn't she beautiful? And it just shut my sister down mm. completely. Mm. It's like, I'm not going to shame her for for being beautiful. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, it's two sides of the same coin. We shame, you know, criticizing Lizzo for feeling confident and beautiful and criticizing thin, you know, other women who, you know, who just want to do whatever they're doing. And my my daughters are the same way. And also there's Mm -hmm. a whole thing about gaining weight and losing weight, right? If you're if you're in Mm -hmm. the media and you lose weight, like Adele got all this flack because she lost weight. They were like people who were angry at Adele because she lost weight, because she was somehow this, you know, inspiration for people, which is wonderful. But you can do whatever you want with your body, you know, as long as you're not hurting someone else. There's no law against gaining, losing. You are still you. It doesn't matter. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. It frustrates me. But I think it's just this collection of things that's going on, right? Like misogyny. Um, (laughs) insecurities. And ultimately, you know, we all desire to be loved and included in in the group, right? We don't want to be shunned from the tribe. (laughs) That's like a very, you know, deep biological urge that we have. And interestingly, that's an anthropological origin, is that as human beings, what when we started to what really began to differentiate us was that we learned how to share, Ah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So we would go, you know, a bunch of men would go out and catch a big, they, now you could catch a big animal and, you mm-hmm. know, feed a bunch of other people. And while you're out hunting, you know, pretty much like the women were doing the gathering and getting the honey and the, the tubers and everything. And then you came together and somebody's tending to the fire. So we have this, yes. um, this sharing thing, which was absolutely necessary for our survival. Without it, you died. Right. So therefore, right. it's kind of, it's, you know, this is hundreds of thousands of years ago that this started. So it's really part of who we are. It's part of our biology, our, mm-hmm. our biological drive. And therefore, we want to be accepted. We want to be loved. doesn't matter what you weigh, yes. how tall you are, how short you are, what country you live in. I've realized that from doing a lot of group calls with clients that those deep, you know, issues that we might have with whatever around eating tend to be related back to, I just want to be loved. (laughs) I just want to be included. It's true. It's true. And I think that a lot of the increase in violence in terms of like, especially men being very angry and mad about things changing, Mm -hmm. usually mostly white men, (laughs) but I mean, not to get race into it, but I think that that's actually not a, not a horrible sign. I said, because that means that the old is dying Mm -hmm. out, you know, 
and and it's kind of like the the <laughs> sounds really weird, but the last like death rattle <laughs> of that old mm-hmm, ring, mm-hmm. you know. Like, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, if I, you know, when I look at it that way, then I can look at those people with compassion and saying, of course they're scared. Of course they're angry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happens when the way you think is the right way dies, yeah. you know, so. Um, and it threatens, it feels um, like a threat to your survival, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. So, but also, you know, I want to nurture that. Uh, the new, you know, and and nourish what is coming too. Yeah, yeah. I would like to just maybe start to wrap it up, and I'd love to ask yeah, you. Yeah. You started off this conversation talking about how a big thing that you've learned is that you felt that you had to work on the inner stuff that was going on first, or that was really where the most benefit and good results are coming from. That inner work first. Was there something about that that you wanted to share, like a lesson that you learned around that? Very much. So I had a great aunt, Ellen, and she was she was large like me. She had a big abdomen, you know. Uh, she was a really cool person, but she, she had a lot of issues. She's a catatonic schizophrenic. So if she didn't have the right medications, she just went vegetative, like, you know, basically a coma mm-hmm. state. And she got treated for that. And she worked at a factory for 43 years. And she learned all the, the, the gross and dirty jokes, you know, at the factory and would call us every week with the new one, you know. <laughs> so but anyway, we were always, I especially uh, felt like I was above her, like she was the cautionary tale mm. in our family. Oh, you don't want to end up like Ann Ellen, poor Ann Ellen, poor Ann Ellen. Mm-hmm. And then it was recently I, I was like kind of went through that process of internal struggle and looking at her and going, you know what? I am like Ann Ellen in a lot of ways. You know, sometimes I like the rude jokes and I have a big abdomen and I comedy is my drug of choice, basically, you know, and, and that's another thing we never did in our family. Like you never looked at the things that were similar about people you didn't like Mm -hmm. or stuff that you didn't like about people. And that's one of those factors in my family. That's, that's still an issue in terms of saying, Hey, you know what? Don't throw stones. If you live in a glass house Mm -hmm. type Mm -hmm. thing. So when I connected back with my Aunt Ellen. And I mean, the other factor was that she picked me out for some reason when I was born. I don't know if she was just in a good headspace then or she didn't have any children, but something drew her to me and she connected to me. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't always great to have be the favorite of Aunt Ellen, you know, but, but that's what she did. And I never quite understand it, stood it until recently when I had to dove into that internal stuff to say maybe she recognized the similarity we had, even as an infant. You know, you get a feeling about something and said, I need to help her have a better life than I had. You know, even though I know I can't have these things, maybe she can. So all the things she wanted, she wanted a good marriage and children and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I have that and I have a lot of the things I'm very similar to her in a lot of ways. In fact, my husband was like, you know what? He never got to meet her. She died like right as we met in college. And um, he said, 
I'd much rather be, if she said, from the stories you told me, I'd much rather be married to your Aunt Ellen than your mother. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, oh my goodness, because we have pictures of her and stuff. So he knows what she looks like. You know, it was just a really, it really said a lot about him too, in terms of, you know, but, but that acceptance of my similarities to her was a huge thing, huge thing. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah. I, I guess if I can, what I'm hearing, and I don't know if this is right, is the acceptance of, of who you are, of being, you know, you are who you are, your aunt with all of her flaws, her beautiful flaws, is who she is. Mm -hmm. And it sounds to me like that was kind of what you were saying here. Yeah. The accepting yourself. One more step into the acceptance of myself and truly looking at myself and who I am instead of just having this blurry kind of semi image in my brain. This is like, no, those are specific things. You know, all the stuff that my family picked out as flaws in Anne Ellen, I do those as well, at least to, to an extent. And I'm okay with that now. Whereas before it was looked at as a weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I think we all have, I look at pictures of myself and I have the same thoughts that you had when you saw yourself in the kickboxing. Like I think, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think we all have that tendency, maybe human nature, but it's yeah. the, it's what you do after right? Like those thoughts are always yeah. going to come, but the acceptance and the really like acceptance is, is a huge big step, right? Awareness and then acceptance. And if you can do those two things, you are making way, way more progress than anybody like your mom who just sort of refused to, to look in, you know, people who, who yeah. it's just too painful. So even mm -hmm. that is amazing. But then if you can even take it that next step and say, wow, i I love myself <laughs> for yeah. these things, you yeah. know, like, like even just right. loving those, those flaws. And I, I think for me, a lot of times when I think about my flaws or issues or whatever it is, I, I always try to find what, well, what's that lesson for me in there? What can I right. learn about myself right. or life or my, my journey? So, mm -hmm. you know, that's like, you're like at, in the advanced work, right? Where you're like, I'm, <laughs> I can accept and love myself for who I am. That's pretty, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I'm that big woman that's throwing my weight around, like, you know, and, and I was really proud when um, I was, you know, you, when you do, I have the boxing gloves, you know, and, and um, we were um, partnering with other people and hitting each other's gloves, right? Uh, taking turns every person I partnered with is like, well, you're really strong. <laughs> like, well, that's good because I was wondering, I've never been in a physical fight before. And I always wondered if I could actually punch somebody. <laughs> you're like, you definitely can. Hey, everyone, don't get in a fight with Betsy. She's strong. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. You know, the other day I was driving and I saw these two little girls randomly. It was early in the morning and they were walking down the street in princess outfits. They were like seven <laughs> or eight years old. And I pulled over. They probably thought I was crazy. And I looked over them and I said, wow, what strong princesses you are, you know, because I had, I had, yeah. my first thought was what beautiful, which is what we always tell mm -hmm. little girls, right? You're so beautiful. So yeah. um, I love that, the, you know, it's a wonderful yeah. thing to, to appreciate it your whole self. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So um, this is great. Do you have any final thoughts, anything that if someone's listening that, you know, um, you would want to share? If not, that's okay. What did I, I said something recently about if I could go back and tell myself something when I was younger, it would be something like you are perfect the way you are and actually really feel it because I think we say a lot of that in our lives and don't hear it. We we hear it intellectually, but we can't process it emotionally. And to have someone, uh, that's why, again, I was looking at my daughter saying, oh, thank God I didn't pass that on to them. That idea that you can look at yourself in the mirror and and love what you see. That was another thing that got me in trouble at Weight Watchers, the same as Sunday school, because I'd say, how do you feel good about yourself and still want to lose weight? Like, I, I couldn't get that idea figured out in my head and they were like um we don't know but here's a recipe for baked chicken you know <laughs> <laughs> or like change the subject you know you're calling this picture picture an apple you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i love it so anyway i guess you know just just uh take as many small steps as possible to get to to that and that it's okay to deep dive deep it's scary and it's hard and but sometimes the healing is is more difficult i was i was burned in a fire as a teenager and i always thought it was the fire that was the trauma but the fire was very brief and the trauma was the month after in the hospital um the treatments for that are very painful and very traumatic. And I never got to acknowledge how painful that is, Mm -hmm. you know, so maybe that's why I'm more willing to dive deep because I know even though it's painful, it's, it's it's important work to do because otherwise you're carrying around huge scars and, you know, other than that, you know what I mean? So, so it was a powerful lesson, but you know, my mom was always like, whenever I say it was really painful, that treatment is just, ah, you know, sometimes I don't like the nurses and she's like, don't say that. They were angels. They saved your life. And I'm like, yeah, I know, mom. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't negate the fact that I was only allowed to process the trauma of the actual fire instead of the trauma of the healing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful, Betsy. Thank you for saying that. And I think that's um, what you were saying just a moment ago about thinking, oh, I'm, I'm fierce. I'm badass. I love myself it's difficult to evoke those feelings. And then I think we bring in another drop of judgment. It's like, well, why can't I love myself? What's wrong with me? (laughs) It's like judgment upon judgment upon judgment. And and then, so I'm a big fan of, (laughs) I always, I, and I use this on myself all the time because I'm just, this is, we're all susceptible to it of radical acceptance. Like it's okay that I can't love myself right now. It's okay that I don't want to accept these things. I don't feel like it, you Mm -hmm. know, like really bringing in that level of, of acceptance, because what I found, and maybe you've experienced this too, is that once you, you allow it to be and you accept it and just say, it's okay right now, I'm tired, Mm -hmm. mom. Mm -hmm. Can I take a nap? You know, (laughs) like once you start doing that, that's what opens up the space. That is where the healing is. 
It's not in yes. trying to force yourself to be a good girl and, and get it figured out and right away and, you know, all of that stuff. Get a schedule, get a, get a Franklin planner. Right. <laughs> By December, I will be loving myself fully. Right. <laughs> this never really worked for me because it was like I would spend all my time doing the Franklin planner and never doing anything else. <laughs> right. You know, or whatever kind. Yeah, there's a ton of them out there. Oh, well, this (laughs) this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. And uh, I think uh, it's it's very inspirational for me. And I I think people listening will feel the same way. I've I've been loved talking to you, too. It's really cool. It's like cool to talk to people who understand, you know, and we're in different spaces, but but we both understand the the struggle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. Well, I just had amazing conversation with Betsy and wow, I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you would like to get a little bit more inspiration, information, check out the website winweightloss.com. That's spelled W-Y-N weightloss.com forward slash blog if you'd like to delve into all kinds of articles and videos that are there for you to help you on your journey toward higher health.